All right, welcome to season two, episode seventeen. Yeah, so we're we're actually almost done with this this second book or second season already. Um, I think we got after tonight. It's four four more. Up oh, four more. Um, it sounds like someone's drag racing in the background. Um, anyway. that was, my, that so was got- my stomach. It's it's Taco Tuesday, so I'm kind of <laughs> gotcha. Gurgling so, a little bit. So yeah, four more episodes until we are finished with the Great Hunt, and then we start the Dragon Reborn. We're excited about that. Um, we should actually, if we do some double episodes, we might be done this month. We'll see. If if we have time, I don't know. <laughs> Is this going to be as difficult a finish as Eye of the World was? I mean, more so. Kind of rush so we can read because there was just no good place to stop or like what's how's this going to shape up? Same. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Same. Same. All right. So. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's actually episode forty-one total for us. Next week's our big forty-second episode. So. We need one. Life. And we'll be covering chapter forty-two next week as well. I did that on purpose. Uh, so <laughs> That's beautiful. Yep. Um, so yeah, a double meeting of uh, of a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, meeting of Light 42. It's going to be everything. Chris, the world bring might your, have your towel the, ready. Yeah, the world might end when we record next episode. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yes, have your towel ready. Um, Wait a minute, Alan. That's not election week, is it? No, no, that's this next week. Next, okay, next good. Because if that was all lining up, I'd be like, "Whoa, guys, whoa, whoa." Yeah, got to calm down. <laughs> yeah, bring, so bring yeah, that's it's gonna be interesting. Um, that's for sure. Uh, well, that'll be fun. Uh, so some housekeeping. We have two new patrons. So one's in chat right now. Um, so tackless are Dan. Um, Dan's one of our new patrons, and then we have another Dan. So we have two Dan's or two new patrons. Uh, at first, All yeah, right. at first, at first, I thought it was just the same person twice. Then I looked at the last names, and I was like, "Oh, two Dan's!" Like one day after another. So, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Anyway, so thank you so welcome. much. Yeah, welcome. We we appreciate uh, your patronage and uh, keep up helping us out. It's awesome. Um, as far as everything else goes, still marching towards the twenty five thousand downloads. We're past we're way past twenty now. We're halfway to twenty five thousand um, followers. Still working towards a thousand followers on Twitter. Um, Discord. Um, did we get another people person join Discord? I didn't check. Sorry, guys. I should have checked um, before I started to record this. But we were one person away from having three hundred people in our Discord. Um, wow. That's let's beautiful. see. Nope, we're still two ninety nine. So we have 299 members of our Discord community. Almost there. Um, so if you guys have like one friend that you want to invite to our Discord server, they're a big number 300. And that's, that's if no one leaves. We do have people leave from time to time. Um, yeah, that's about it. I got nothing else really going on as far as uh, housekeeping stuff. As far as personal life goes, I've been just doing nothing but building this swing set fort thingy for my kid um it's been a lot of fun but a lot of work um i thought it was gonna be finished tonight uh i i took off work a little early just so i could finish it 
And I am still almost finished, but it still needs probably about another hour or two worth of work. So almost there. And, and, and I voted today. So that was another big event today. I, I went and actually hey. voted. So I did the early vote. Yep. Got, go ahead and get my ballot in. Um, just so it's out of America. the way. America. Yeah. So I guess I don't have to listen to any of my campaign stuff because it doesn't matter for me anymore. I already voted. <laughs> oh. I know you guys are both out of town, so what's going on? So, um, two things. The first one y'all might get a kick out of. I don't know. Um, I am, you know, I told y'all I'm changing jobs, still working for the government, going from a Department of Defense agency to a non-defense agency. Uh, It also happens to be time, the 10-year mark, to renew my security clearance. Uh, and some of y'all might already be going, whoa, Badger of Honey has a security clearance. Uh, well, yes, I do. Uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've had it since 2006. Yeah. So that should, that should tell you, you know, despite all the stories of the shenanigans I get into, like they're mostly cute and cheeky and no one really gets hurt and, you know, never been found guilty of anything. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> But the second half of it is in renewing my clearance, what, you know, the first time it was just fill out the paperwork and then time goes by, they look into stuff and then you're fine. And then the next time I had to renew it, uh, I had to do a face-to-face interview because of some overseas travel. And uh, I've mentioned to you all before, um, uh, an exchange student friend we used to have and some other things. And it was like a half hour, 45 minute interview. And then today in renewing the security clearance, it was a two hour long phone conversation to renew it, um, which still going to get, you know, I'll get my clearance. But, you know, when you have when you do honey badger shit, I mean, it's usually you got to explain yourself. So, yeah, that's um, that's what I was doing today and went on a date, which we're not going to we're not going to get into that. I I still don't know how I feel about that. But it was for Taco mm. Tuesday, and I had fantastic tacos and a margarita. So it almost didn't matter if somebody else was there or not. I had a good time. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's what I got. Fun times. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so um, nothing as adventurous as getting secret security clearance updates or anything. Um, I am back in Charlotte because I got kicked out of our building. We are having our buildings are being socially properly socially distanced and sanitized. So they were like, hey, you can't teach from your actual teaching spot. And since I'm still finalizing my move, I was like, all right, well, I'm just gonna run away and go to Charlotte and spend the next week in Charlotte because I can teach from here just as easily as I can from anywhere else in the world. So none of us believe that you needed a big budge to make that decision. Happy for you. That was the easier decision to make, actually. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Great. Uh, But like life is, I'm not going to say calming down because that would be a lie, but things are becoming normative. So that's really nice to feel like I'm at least not any, I'm not sinking any deeper than anybody else is. How about that? It's all relative. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. 
All right. Well, sounds like everyone's traveling except for me. I mean, I'm sp- I'm going to the beach on Friday, so I'll be there soon enough. It's going to be fun. Looking yeah. forward to it. Also, by the way, and I might edit this out for the security clearance. Just this beforehand, if they do call me, I screen all my phone calls. So if they don't leave a voicemail or, um, yeah, I might they'll, not get it. <laughs> they'll, they'll leave a voicemail. Uh, there's, uh, I mean, really, when you think about it, there's only a handful of people that have known me from my young adult life to where I am now. There's probably six <laughs> total. And yeah. they probably got to, They're probably going to contact most all of them. So uh, I'm I'm sure they'll call you with intent. Okay, just let you know. I I don't. I, if it's not a number, I don't save my phone. I don't. I don't answer it. So yeah, because it's just tel- telemarketers. Anyway, might, so might be better if you don't talk to them. I don't know. We'll see. We're calling you by the guy named Ian. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyways so predictions um so yeah last week we had a, a lot of predictions um so we had uh the the longing that the ogiers have is their version of the taint um yeah. loyal, loyal is pretty much the miley cyrus of ogiers um absolutely uh varen touched an ogier to see if he had a soul and i say <laughs> touched he touched. <laughs> or she touched. She she touched him. Um, Varen touched a no gear and she liked it. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, sorry. And then the oh gear power is linked to the true source. That's one thing you guys said. Um, and then um, Randon, this is an old one that Rand and Matt are going to be a thing. <laughs> oh, did we say that? Yeah, you did. It's been early when we were drinking heavily. It sounds like it was, but I don't know how to apply that to anything. Uh, I think that's something you guys said when you guys were throwing out all the relationship things. Said maybe that Rand and Matt. (laughs) 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 Uh, Anyway, so you guys don't don't think that one anymore, do you? Uh, (laughs) No, we were really two sheets to the wind that day. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yep. Anyway, so let's go ahead and jump right into the the first chapter that we're doing tonight, which is chapter thirty eight. Practice, and the icon is the flame of Tarvalon. Thoughts before we get started? Anything else we want to talk about? We're finally, getting back to seeing the girls in action. Mm-hmm. Which is all yeah, right. this, And this has nothing to do with anything I've drank today. I, I read and listened to this chapter sober, but I will tell you. There's some sexual innuendo really all are. throughout this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm try not to be too ridiculous, but it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. ask, okay. I'm just going to ask forgiveness now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> oh, we just lost 10 people on the live chat. My bad. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Forewarned everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it starts with the Gwen, and she's practicing. Um, when she's practicing. Yeah, okay, she's... here we go. It's... <laughs> oh, I'm there. As long as I can, but what are they practicing? They're practicing caressing the ball. Uh, and right now, Egwene's just doing it by herself. For now, it's just her and the balls. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Uh, yeah. That's literally the first note I have. I'm so sorry, everybody. But it, the way you put it in there, you're just like, yeah, it's just a huge juggling balls of light. I'm like, oh, Lord. It's yep. kind of refreshing, though, and and kudos to Jordan. And it makes you wonder, like, was was did he was there a lot of female involvement in coming up with this? Did he do it all on his own? Like, who did he bounce his ideas off of? But it, I feel like maybe it's my own life, but even like culturally, like recognizing the balls has only become important recently. Like maybe in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that conversation was like secondary, if not tertiary, but this right off the bat. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, what she's learning is to focus on the balls. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Very, 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 very good. Ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. <laughs> Kudos, Jordan. Yeah. So um, we, we learned also how long they've been at the towers 13 weeks. They've been at the tower. Um, so they've been there for a while now. Um, um, and men, men, men and Nynaeve are also in the room. So this is the – it describes the room, how the novice quarters looks. And they're just kind of gossiping about, like, Elsa, Elsa – remember the Elsa from Die the World, the, the girl that they met along the, the road. She's apparently up at the tower. She's been flirting with, with Galad. But Galad has no entry in her. With but, but, but Galad, yeah, so they've all been flirting with Galad, but Galad only has eyes for Egwene. Oh, yeah. And Egwene just so happens to be practicing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's, I don't know what the rest of this chapter is about. I just couldn't stop thinking about the, the balls. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Someone, someone in chat just point, pointed that out. So we haven't really got into this yet, but the ch- the calendar is different in Will of Time than it is in our world. So weeks actually ten days in Will of Time world. So thirteen weeks is one hundred thirty days. Oh, so they've been there. For- so I think good. somebody might have mentioned it before, but I always forget uh, that. It's no, longer, it's, so. it's, it's a ten day week, and then they have thirteen months. Um. Yeah. Do they have okay. two moons as well, or something? No, it's only one moon, but it's just it's just a very different different calendar. But anyway, so um and is it really set on Earth or is it on a different planet? We don't it's never been confirmed what planet it's just it hints to be in our planet a bunch of times. Like just well, different, remember, just way in the future. About before this being like a post apocalyptic Earth. But... Right. So it hints to that because they talk about old legends that, that relate back to our time. But they never actually, Robert Jordan never actually said it is. But a lot of people, a lot of the fandom goes to that. But they never actually, he never actually confirmed or actually said, yes, it is. And it's just that he put Easter eggs throughout the entire books that point back to it being the same. But gotcha. cool. Yep. So, um, yeah. And, and men's kind of picking on a Gwen and, and like I said, it's uh, it's this before Elaine comes in. Um, what do you guys think about this opening scene? Besides the the, the balls. <laughs> besides the balls, um... <laughs> I like the description of the lot. I mean, there was men's statement that he would hurt a person for the greater good, not knowing that he was hurting somebody, or not realizing that he was hurting somebody. Um, as being a negative thing and that 
God was so pure, so righteous, that it causes that he would just hope that those people that he would be hurting in the name of good would also realize it was good and be okay with what was happening. So he could almost mm-hmm. justify any killing or murder that he commits. Yeah. And never feel guilty about it, which must be really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think when I was much younger, I was able to naively see things in black and white, and that was actually simpler. It was either right or wrong. I mean, there's a right answer, or there's a wrong answer, right? It's that simple. But gosh, the older you get, uh, you got to give way to that gray area. I mean, there's so many implications to every decision made. It's it's never that simple, you know. So to your to your point. Um, yeah, always doing the right thing, the way she puts it, is more him just looking at it black and white and not considering the, the secondary tertiary effects of of anything he might decide to do. And that's clearly that's clearly a setup. That doesn't get thrown in there by Jordan just for giggles. That that's we're gonna run into that. Sure. See it play out for sure. Yeah. So now Elaine busts into the door. She comes running in with a bunch of news. So apparently King Galdrin of Kyrian is dead. There's a civil war. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, king's, the king's dead. No king, no king. <laughs> how, anyway. how, do you, how, do you, how do you die? It doesn't say. It doesn't say. Hmm. <laughs> but, there's, but there's war everywhere. Uh, what do you say? I said, I wonder if we ever find out. Isn't it ironic? Um. Hmm. So yeah, there's a war everywhere. There's war everywhere. Everyone's fighting on Toman Head. There's war. There's rumors of war down south, I think. And yeah, there's everywhere war, war. And um, Egwene said she also saw Logan, Logan, uh, and feels feels bad for him. Or Elaine said that she's so good. What's that? I said she's so good. She's so pure, so innocent. Yeah. I mean, well, she can't. She can't help but she can't help but look at Logan and think of Rand. Well, Elaine, and, 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 yeah, Elaine really doesn't know about land in his situation. Yeah, but this is. I think it's a queen that's worrying about Rand, right? Yeah. Or is it Elaine? I, but I'm yeah. talking about Logan. Who's worried about Logan again? Did I make? Did I mess that up? I think it's a queen who's talking about how he she how she saw Logan, isn't it? And she's no, a lane song. Lane song made, but then it made Egwene think about Rand being gentle. Correct. Right. Yeah. 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 So that, that's a, that's a tough topic for her. Right. Mm-hmm. There's too many e's going on in this chapter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So it's tough. It's tough for Egwene because yeah, she doesn't want Rand to have, to, to look like what Logan looks like now, just super depressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, and finally, Nynaeve overhears them talking about her, and then she growls, and suddenly the door flies over and knocks men over because men was talking about her right in front of her. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't very, very smart of her. Yeah. I think. It was- well, so I. Go ahead. Oh, you first. Um, well, this is. You know, slowly, not, well, not even slowly, like the last couple of times we've visited um, our lady friends here, we we just keep seeing evidence of the extraordinary power that Nynaeve has. And even though they've been here for 
13 weeks at 10 day weeks, yada, yada, yada. You know, it seems like a long time. Like Egwene, who Moraine said, oh, you could be one of the greatest I to die. Maybe Lamberlin himself, all this jazz. All she could do is juggle balls. I mean, she's put a lot of effort into the balls, so I appreciate that. I mean, she's really concentrating <laughs> on the ball. She's not ignoring the balls. In fact, she focuses on them more often than she should. Uh, but Nynaeve, she's not juggling balls. She's, I mean, she could do everything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, throw people with wind. We saw what she did with the Amarillin. We saw um, what she did when she went through the trials to yeah. become accepted. I mean, she's... We, we keep getting these hints of how much of a badass she is. And she's also like super deep in thought. So she's easily distracted. I don't know if that's, I'm not say easily distracted, but she's in her mind and she's allowing things to work her up a lot more than it probably should. So I'm worried that that's going to kind of like be the, the end of her somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess it's dangerous in general when you have someone who has power like this that is fueled by anger yeah. because anger is uh, perhaps the laziest of emotions. Um, it's, it's easy to run to when you don't understand any of the other emotions. Right. Um, so it, it makes someone like that very unpredictable and you're relying on them um, having control of those emotions and only using the anger appropriately. Which I I don't know that naive naive is that person. I love her, but I I don't know that she's that emotionally mature to be able to control that. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, sure. Profound, interesting. Pragmatic. Pragmatic. Anyway, so now now we get to the scene where Elaine and Egwene start juggling balls together. Um, <laughs> don't don't you just breeze over that? Come on now. I'll, I'll pause and let you guys go. Have at can it. We, can can we read out loud for a moment about their tandem ball juggling? <laughs> uh, <sighs> you know, I, everybody that's listening, I hope you know we have the minds of like twelve year olds. <laughs> Pretty, pretty much. Um, <laughs> well, Nadine gets really upset about it, I guess, because she's not involved in the ball juggling and tells him to stop. Um, actually, no, she's, she's worried. She's worried. <laughs> she's worried that they'll they'll burn out. Um, she's worried about herself burning out. But, uh, but um, yeah, to get this whole entire interchange about, you know, are you even scared? Elaine says she's terrified. Um, then, you know, before they go to the men's viewing, you get this little scene where they kind of get stippy. That is true. Um, there could be a little bit of pain before the pleasure. You know, once we learn how to really <laughs> manipulate things. But no, going back to that point, um, it, it was interesting to get the, the girls' different perspectives on their understanding of the power and then their fear of it. I mean, Egwene clearly, like, they all desire to use the power and they can, they, they can tap into it so easily. I think that's the main difference I've realized between them and Rand. And I don't know if that's because of the training or because it's just easier for the ladies to tap into it because of the, the lack of the taint. Um, but the, the different urges that they all have, like Egwene needs it, she wants it in her life. And then 
we have um, Nynaeve, who's like, I want it just as much as you do, but I fear it too much to, to bother. And then you have Elaine, who kind of tries to remain as neutral in regards to it as possible. She almost pretends like she doesn't have the power. And then you have Min, who really, we haven't heard about her channeling, only about her predicting. So I'm wondering... Yeah, she... She can't channel. She said that before. Like that's just she doesn't have. She's not gonna be I said I. Like she's there because they're trying to study her. That's not yeah. her. But she doesn't. But she I'm can't wondering, channel. like, what? Why not? Like, why will we ever see her be able to hone some different form of the power? I mean, we have twelve other books. I'm hoping she becomes more awesome than just half-ass predicting the future. But. And you know, she can well, just end up being killed in the next couple of chapters. So, so I mean, th this is a uh, probably a wild tangent, but uh, after our flicker, flicker, flicker chapter and thinking about men's powers and what it is she is actually seeing, uh, I can't say definitively, but after the Flickr chapter, now we're opening up to the possibility that what Min is seeing is not just what is going to happen in this exact lifetime, this exact timeline. Maybe she can also see uh, the echoes of the other mirror worlds of what a person could have been, and that could give hints to what their potential is, no matter what world they live in. So... You know, maybe down the line she gets better at recognizing, okay, this is something I'm seeing that is definitely going to happen in your future here. Or this is something you need to be worried about that's going to happen. But this is also something I see around you that in an echo of a different life was a possibility. So you could harness that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's interesting. And, that's a good theory. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, who knows? We'll see. A lot of books ahead, but there's a there's a lot of potential with with her and what she sees and how that could be applied in in a helpful way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then this is when Elaine asked Min to actually do a viewing, but Min refuses to stay. She doesn't like to do it for friends because she, does, she doesn't want to see what their future is. Because if it's bad, she doesn't want to tell you know be the bearer about news to friends. If it you know, it's just one of those things she doesn't like. So but she does it anyway. Um, but then she does it anyway and says, "Wait, there's something new. There's some danger coming, guys. Like it's Dang. fuzzy." Watch yourself. What you're working with? Juggles balls. Sorry. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, so yeah, and then they have some more teasing where Elaine teases men, tells her to wear a dress for um, Gawain, yada, yada, yada. And right at this point, the door swings open again. I think it's the wind or something again, and it's not. It's our good friend, Leandrin, Leand Leandrin who, you know, if you remember her from the beginning of the book, she was our, 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 our good friend in the beginning. Mm -hmm. That was probably shit Rand that you guys yep. didn't like. I don't like her. Well, Chris, did, did you notice Alan did not mention uh, Leandrin when he talked about former predictions? Yes, but we did have a prediction. Because we, we, did, we, did, we did have a prediction uh -huh. about her. Oh, yeah. You guys did predict that she was yeah, Black Asha. We, it, 
Yeah, at the time when we were talking about it, she was the only the only major one on our list. Well, I shouldn't say only, but she was the major one on our list. She was up there, Agreed. top tier. Yeah. So yeah. um and I'm still kind of feel, I'm gonna put a check mark oh, next I, to that one. Coming I, up I, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna circle her name and underline it with three check marks. Yeah. Yeah. Three, ooh, three. Three check marks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a timeout right there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, so Leandry comes in all huffy puffy like the um you know, like the like the the the, the Karen of the world wants to speak to the manager. <laughs> very, very has that scowl and Naive, like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. You need to leave now. Leave now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then she tells Elaine and Men to leave instead. He's like, well, but you're here. Good, because I need to talk to you anyway. Elaine, men, get out. And they do. And then she starts to ask them about the boys. Which is Again. interesting. It's like, what, why is it your business? Why is it your concern? But it definitely yeah. comes up. And the, the question mm-hmm. comes is like, first off, the questions hit her, like, why are you here? And it's like, oh, well, Moraine believes the boys are in trouble. And then they're like, okay, well, mm-hmm. what trouble? And then she's like, danger from Shaogul. We need to head to Tommy's head. So, like, she's, like, got all of this depth of knowledge about what's going on with the guys. It's like, why would Moraine come to them herself? Or why wouldn't she send somebody more trusted than Leandra? I, I kind of question um, Nynaeve's judgment here. Like, she had these moments of, like, questions. Like, I don't believe you, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. But she still went with the flow, which really is, like, a little bit depressing because I put more into um, Nynaeve's ability to judge character. So... I was disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, Nanif is suspicious, though. Like, she's asking me all the questions, and, and Egwene's just t- taking a face value, like, oh, Moraine said it? Okay, fine, we'll go. And Nanif's like, really? I don't I don't believe that. <laughs> like, well, def- so, so, Chris, <clears throat> I have to add this also. The, the conditioning that's been going on, uh, 13 weeks, even if it's our week, seven-day weeks, but they're 10-day they're weeks, so 130 days, of the conditioning of not just practicing how to use the power and everything like that, but the uh, chain of command, the hierarchy, how things are done, and um, you know, an accepted and a novice, and how they should respond to any Sedai. Doesn't matter if they're red, blue, black, yellow, whatever. That that's a long time. Uh, you know, I. <clears throat> I can only compare this to like uh, basic training and there were plenty of people on week one that when the drill sergeants walked away, thought they were the baddest of badasses and would try and pick fight with any, pick a fight with anybody in the Bay. And they'd always puff out their chest and tell you where they're from. They'd be, oh, I'm, I'm from fucking Philly motherfucker. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but you know, apparently that means something anyways. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the end of the few weeks that you're with these people and the drill sergeants are really getting in your head and establishing what the actual hierarchy is and you're all equal pieces of shit and all that jazz you know by the end you everybody even the most strongest willed people i won't say they're broken but they're changed uh, mm-hmm. so that's naive is questioning it 
but at the same time for 13 weeks it's been drilled in her that you only question but so far she can only push those limits but so far and at the end of the day she is speaking to an eye Sedai right That's now true. I would agree with <laughs> it's not I don't like it but I with the time frame I don't think it's totally unrealistic that she would start to kind of fall in line a little bit mm-hmm. I hear you yeah and Nadeve asks where they're going, and Leandrin tells them that so they're being hunted. The boys are. We need to go to Tome and Head. And Egwene immediately is like, okay, then let's go. Um, you know, if they're in trouble, we'll go. And Nadeve starts asking more questions. Leandrin's like, okay, you know what? No more. I can't say anything more. No more questions. I'm done talking to you. Meet me at the Oak Gear Grove, <laughs> you know, by whatever time. Bring your horses. The black Aja's in the tower. They're going to hunt you down if you don't listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> and she's not lying. <laughs> but she's not telling the whole truth. Yeah. Yeah. Say so this, thought- though, um, what I thought about more in this situation is that given everything that's getting ready to go down, uh, when Moraine brought them here, wouldn't you think that Moraine would have had some private conversations with them, giving them more strict left and right boundary boundary markers? Like, like shouldn't Moraine have told them, okay, you know, go along with the process for sure. And, and it's, it's the real deal. We need you to go through the process. It's, it's worked for this long, blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing, like shit's going down that we don't totally understand. So if anybody's asking you to do anything outside of what you feel is normal, you need to talk to me or talk to this person or that I feel like Moraine could have and maybe should have put some sort of safety in place for Nynaeve and Egwene especially. And she didn't. And that's part of why like all Egwene and Nynaeve had to go by here was what, what little they know and what they've been taught and what's been ingrained to them. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Moraine also was so focused on Rand, you know, and wasn't at that point. Once, I mean, yeah, before they went to the White Tower, I guess they spent a lot of time with the girls, but like once they had the Faldara, like she wasn't paying attention to anybody anymore. She was so focused on well, that just her mission. Show and, some of her own yeah. maturity because it's the easiest way to get to Rand through his friends, especially through sure. yeah. um, Egwene, like. She knows the relationship there. She knows he plans on marrying her. So that that would have been like yeah. red flag. Let's make sure they're protected. Let's, let's do the right thing. I mean, with them being at the White Tower, I'm sure she assumed yeah. that was the safest place for them. But clearly she didn't do her research well enough before she left. And not, not even Moraine are not the closest of friends either, too. I mean, Gwen, yes. Nynaeve still wants to kill Moraine. You know, that's yeah, the reason why she's at the tower. <laughs> <laughs> but like, anyway, though, so, you know, it's not like a mean that's kill. Just it's really just, life. I want to murder you. Just, you kind of still technically deserve it, but you know, <laughs> we don't have to be enemies because I plan on. An often you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. So as soon as they're not, he's trying to figure out all this stuff when men in a lane Come back in. They've been dropping eaves, Samwise, Skaj, Genji. Um, and, you know, through the little hole in the wall. And um, 
and Egwene asks Min uh, to keep it a secret. But Min's like, I'm going. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not staying here. Yeah, you don't have to worry about me telling anybody because I'm not going to be here. I'm going with you, yeah. obviously. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Elaine's like, yeah, I'm going to go too. And like, okay, okay, no, 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 you're going to go. And then Eve disapproves, say, you know, you're the daughter heir. This could start a war, but, you know, like, I don't care. I'm going. <laughs> uh, and then they start joking about snatching up Bran, uh, Men and Elaine do. And, yep. All yeah. cue back and forth, like, oh, if you don't get him, you know, I'm going to get him. So. Yeah. It, and Nadine's being the older, more wise person, actually trying to plan everything out. And the girls, Egwene, Elaine, and Men just start kind of chatting about Rand and I can't wait in the chapter with them being all giddy girls about it. No, let's not talk all positive and like, oh, the giddy girls. No, this is something we should be upset about. And this is a problem. This is a social problem that if we can do anything within our sphere of influence to abolish this, it needs to happen. There is nothing more frustrating than being a guy who hasn't, he has not committed to anybody yet, right? And then you have a handful of girls that want to take it upon themselves to, you know, hash out and decide, well, if he picks you and if he picks me. And the worst case scenario is when you got a group of four or five girls that are really close friends and they just decide amongst themselves. Well, well, if if Ian decides to talk to us, he's totally going to be Elizabeth's boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Well, meanwhile, Ian, who is allowed to make his own daggone choice and it's like. I want to go spit some game at, you know, this other girl over here. And he goes to talk to her. And then she's like, oh, how about you meet my friend Elizabeth? And you're like, I don't want to meet Elizabeth. I came here to talk to you. But they already fucking decided. It's very frustrating. It just. (laughs) You guys need to not overthink stuff until. Has has Rand even made a move on any of them? Uh, Maybe Gwen, but like just by default. Like just by default, you know, like because I don't even know it's a, if it's a move, it's yeah, it's, it's like connection because they were probably someone else decided they were supposed to be together, but yeah, he never even really made a move on anybody, and they're trying to hash this out. I mean, that's messed up. Come on now, get out of here with that. I hope yeah. he does end up with Matt. That <laughs> shit would be hilarious. <laughs> 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 jokes, on uh, jokes on all of them yeah any final thoughts from you chris i put my floaties on so <laughs> i'm just done that's too funny yeah i'm so sorry I, I started drinking early today so you guys are in for a wild ride until i get sleepy it's, oh yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's okay yeah um I, I i my takeaways from this this chapter is really just about playing balls um, so. <laughs> I'm came up with anything else <laughs> uh, yeah so um yeah i guess do you guys want to take a break i mean or just can i can i add one more semi-serious thing sure if it doesn't stick you can edit it out um but i do appreciate all of the girls admitting their fear power to one another. And uh, if I can relate that to any type of leadership training or um, positions I've been in where I had to demonstrate myself as a leader, you know, gain confidence of folks, like it's important to not uh, pretend you're something you're not in front of your subordinates. Right. Uh, especially going into danger. 
situation, denying that you're afraid is a horrible idea. It sounds good on the surface, you know, pretend to be confident, but really what you're doing is if I'm afraid, but I lie about it and say, no, everybody should just be fine doing this. Um, then the other individuals will think to themselves, well, gosh, there must be something wrong with me. I must be a coward because I'm actually afraid, and now I'm afraid to admit it. So those moments where you can admit those fears but also have a discussion about a healthy way to embrace it and still move forward, like that that's pretty important. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have like a great pile of notes next to that, but I did circle that and you know put an explanation mark because that, that's a – uh, a pretty big coming together of, of these girls and admitting that to one another. I think it'll help them in the long run. Sure. That's some communication. <laughs> yeah, it's the second time it's happened since we started this series. Yeah, I think so. I think maybe the second. I think it might have been the first time. We'll see. Yes, yeah, I uh, said second just to be generous, but. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, anything for you, Chris? Is that you nah, said? We, we covered it all. We got it all? Okay, cool. All right, so back to what I'll say. You guys want to take a break now or next chapter? A two minute break to go pee would be good. That's about it. Okay, quick yeah. quick break for, for pee right. break. Okay. Yeah, after, after all that playing i just need a little quickie to, I'm going to you know and then i'll be right back all right five minute break moving on the chat 39 flight from the white tower and the icon is the leaf uh fine thingy the avid leaf. yeah the avid leaf which of course means you're normally it's just, it's now become a symbol for the ways because they picked that leaf off to to travel the ways, yeah, to to get into the ways. So yeah, so so I did have a couple of thoughts when I first saw the Avindasaur leaf. Um, at first, I was just like, "Well, it's been a while," so I wonder if the, the what's it called, the dark storm, or wait, no, Mashashin, Mashashin, the black what wind, the black wind. Thank you. Storm just keeps entering my mind. Um, whether or not it would be there waiting on them. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, well, why, why wouldn't it be? Like, and then it was like, well, is this specifically following Rand? Is that the orders of Thunder? And will it be easy for them to kind of get in and get out untouched? And then if it's not waiting for them, is it tied to Leandra being the one guiding them? And what does she have to indicate to Mashinshin that it shouldn't go after her. So a lot of thoughts flooded my mind as we headed towards yeah. this. Yeah. Well, we get some some comments on it in a bit. So we'll, we'll get there. So, yeah. So we start out. Egwene and Elaine are making their way through the tower. They're kind of sneaking around. They're trying to avoid being seen. Uh, there's lots of petitioners everywhere, so you get the idea that like people come from all over to talk to Aes Sedai, to ask for help or petition stuff, because that's just what people do. So they're kind of dressed as commoners as well. They they they've lost their their garbs as accepted and novice, you know, dresses, and they're wearing regular clothes to kind of blend in and hide. And 
super sketchy about seeing Aes Sedai or even other novices are, except they might know because they're trying to sneak out of here um, without being caught. Um, and, and men is just wearing britches and being normal men. It's just like, well, I got to be a servant, you know, because you guys, you know, obviously need servants. <laughs> Men's just happy to be back in regular clothes again. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and so you get this little tense scene where, like, you know, they see an Aes Sedai talking to someone and they see an accepted that they know and they're trying, like, they're ducking down hallways trying to get out of the tower. And it's kind of this tense little scene. Doesn't last long, but yeah. Um, they're definitely trying to sneak out. Well, I think it, at first it was interesting to look at the fact that they were still trying to talk Elaine out of going and how they tried to talk um, men out of going. And men was just like, well, Elaine is just a part, as much a part of the pattern now as you all are. And your danger is becoming more sharp now that you've made the decision to leave. So for me, I've been like, Brock, what is this danger? And should I really be going if it's gotten clear to men now that we've made vision and then I would have been inquisitive of like so what does Leandra have to do with this danger so I don't think they were questioning enough but you know that's just me yeah the the fact that they're kind of blending in and wearing their richer clothes to escape I thought that was interesting since Rand kind of used the same tactic to it's to, to get into the, the last city he was in before he um, really got into big trouble here. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I had some appreciation for uh, Nynaeve and her strategy of, you know what, we're going to try this. So, if we're going to do it, go all out, act confident, walk confidently, go straight to your objective. And don't give off any kind of air that, like, you don't know what you're doing. You know, if you do it confidently, especially around masses like that, people are just not going to question you. For the most part, uh, people don't. They're rather, I won't say cowardly, but they just, I don't know, people don't normally, um, man, I should have thought that further through. Because cowardly is the only word I'm coming up with, but that's not necessarily it. Like, people aren't going to call you out if you're walking around confidently. Like, they, they they don't have the... Gosh, I don't want to they don't have balls either. I could leave that in the last chapter and not continue Very talking. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, good, good on you for for doing that. And because I mean, it works. I don't know how many times I've been in situations where I was somewhere or doing something I either shouldn't have been there, or shouldn't have been doing it, but I just rolled with it confidently, and people assumed I was where I was supposed to be. And God, I've gotten. I've, I've sat down for dinners with people I had no business hanging out with just because they assumed I belong. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It works. Yeah. And eventually they do make it to the stables and we get our favorite character back. Bella. Uh, Bella. Bella. I thought, yeah. I thought I was just blaring that, uh, uh, the way the leaf. Um. Oh, yeah. I'd be willing to pay them to be able to use that occasionally whenever we bring up Bella again, because it's, it's I can, hilarious. I can probably get them to send me, like, a, a, a audio file so I can splice it in. Yeah, um, yeah. You might, you might do that this episode. You might, you might get a 
a Leaf Brothers Bella in the actual uh, episode. Um, <laughs> Perfect. I'll see, what I can do. I'll see what I can edit in. So yeah. So um, anyways, um, and, and Nadine's being like super harsh to the stablemen. Uh, like the guys there, he's like, they're just like, yeah, we just need a horse. Like Egwene and Elaine are being, you know, nice to them, and, and Nadine's just harsh, just like. Saddle our horses now. Don't ask questions. Uh, Leandrin had already spoken to the saddle, the saddle man as well. So, well, she's also trying to portray her idea of what an Aes Sedai is and does. Like she flashed yeah. her ring. She had that attitude. Like, don't question my authority. Like, she definitely was feeling herself, which is kind of funny because she never implied that she would fall into that role and she's definitely anti Aes Sedai and now she's more Moraine-like than ever so that, that took my fancy just a little bit I was like oh she's a mini Moraine <laughs> yeah uh, but you know yeah. she, the, the guy was just like okay I get it there was supposed to be one accepted and one novice though why are there two more people here and she's like, go get it done. And I think part of that is due to her agitation because she is now over adventures. I think between her and Egwene, they no longer want to adventure anymore. They just hate going out. A point in life where you realize that going to the club is no longer a big deal. <laughs> and you would much rather yeah. go to Netflix and chill. I think that's where they've hit. They're, they're at that Netflix and chill stage of their life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and a little bit towards the end of the last chapter, when it talked about, you know, Nynaeve protesting about who would go, this, that, and the other, but then it's decided they're going to go. And um, Jordan says, however much she might argue beforehand, once a course of action had been decided, Nynaeve always went, went right to the practicalities. Uh, and, you know, it speaks to her character the same way her just walking confidently through uh, this town here and even the obstacle of the stablemen it's like in in her mind all right this has to happen the four of us are going like i'm not i'm not gonna let any little thing and or person or whatever get in the way and, and be a hiccup there so he protests briefly and she just by whatever means at that point because it was already decided they were going by whatever means she was going to make that happen if she had to be cockier than she felt or suggest she was eyes to die or whatever, didn't matter. wasn't going to stop her. She was going to get it done. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. And then, of course, Elaine does tip the the, the stable head and, and Nadine kind of looks at her and says, you know, my mother always said that a stick and honey always works better than just a stick. Um, <laughs> I, sort of like the, I like that little quote. I do too. I actually highlighted that. That was probably my favorite quote of this chapter. Um, going back to that thought, is you, what was the word? Nice, nasty is always the way it went about it, or nasty, nice, depending on the situation. So yeah. I, I've always seen like your, your best boss people are always nice, nasty. Like you never know if they're being serious or if they're being sarcastic. You don't know. Until it actually matters, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, we need to get this done because if not, we're gonna pay for this. So, yeah, yep. and like if you if you ever take classes in like management um, or like you know a leadership class, that's one thing they always talk about when you're talking to 
someone that did something wrong, like that, that they call it crap sandwiches, where you, you sandwich it with, yeah, you, you sandwich it with something really good they've done, then what they did wrong, and and then end with something good too. So like they start on a good feeling, they end on a good feeling, but then you have the really bad stuff in the middle, where it's like, eh, this is why you're in trouble. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways. Um, so they make their way out of the middle of the conversation. You're just ah, I'm great. I'm not going to listen to you. Nothing. I'm great again. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they make their way out of the out of the out of the tower grounds. They think the guards can stop them, but they don't even care. They're just like, yeah, we're regarding people coming in. They don't care about people leaving. Um, make their way through the city. More people. You know, they describe more of the city and more of the people around, and they get to the Ogier Grove. Um. Yeah. So, anything about that little travel scene? I mean, it's really short. I think it's like three lines. But yeah, it's just like okay. So they exit Charlemagne's Gate. They didn't care. They went to the Elder Grove. All right, to the North End. They didn't care. Yep. And Leandra just burst out like, "Wait, hold on a second. Why are there four of you? Didn't I tell you there's only two? Didn't I tell you not to say anything? Y'all are slipping." Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and she's kind of pissed. And she, and then she says, you know, I already had made arrangements for Elaine and Min. I don't quite too much about that. What, it, what do you think? She had arrangements made to take care of them, and that kind of tipped Nynaeve off. She was like, "What do you mean to take care of them?" And then she's like, "You know, we know there's Black Aja, so we're just going to have them taken care of." And then there was the <laughs> reference to the pole lanterns. So Nynaeve was really catching on to, all right, there's something a little off about what's going on here. But we're gonna go with the flow for the sake of the guys. So yeah, yeah, she was definitely gonna have uh, the two girls offed. Like, couldn't have them talk and suggest, or, or even risk that they might know where they're going or anything like that. Or even uh, the fact that they were in the room when Leandrin came in there. Like, she probably would have had them off just so they couldn't say, "Well, the last." Last time I saw them, they were with Leandrin. Well, yeah, right? So, her taking care of men is one thing, but going after Elaine is a completely different thing. So, I'm wondering if she was just saying that to pacify the other two, like, oh, well, you should have left them. I would have taken care of them just to get ease them into a false sense of security. Because I, I just don't see her killing off Elaine, being that she's like the heir to, you know, this land mm-hmm. yeah well and so, i mean this will unfold some more so maybe i should wait but this still kind of applies now this is when i start thinking about it uh as i'm reading um you know with the four of them going that's a good thing in many ways but one of the reasons it's a good thing is it's not just because uh you know lane and, and who she is and her family and all that jazz but who else is at Tarvalon right now specifically because she's there? Well, her brother. Brothers. Yes, both. Well, brother, half brother, brothers, however you want to say it. And they're not going to be okay with, uh, oh, they went somewhere and they'll be back right quick. Mm-hmm. You know? So at least from that end, you're going to have at least two people that are immediately going to take action, whether it's. One one chase after them, and somebody else run home to tell mom or something like that. And I don't know if Leandrin really thought all of that through. I think she just had a 
and we'll get into this. She had a deadline to meet, had to be there at a certain time and just kind of went with it. But um, all of them coming together should should play in their favor. They they should have um, help coming their way or at least trying to. Mm. That'd be a quick pause. Yes. Quick pause. Quick pause. Ian, you're cutting in and out on Discord. I'm gonna reconfigure the power cup. Plane's gonna reconfigure the power cup. Plane's and I reconfigure. All right, power couplings are reconfigured. Hmm. Yeah, bring it. Yeah. How about now, baby? Uh, let me see what they're saying. Hold on, I went away. Uh, Ian's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she said. And yeah. But like I was saying, they have no idea. They being anybody else in the tower that Leandra had anything to do with the group leaving. So yes, there's going to be this like air of where am I, where is my sister and where are these other three people, but they're not going to know who to address that question to, except for if Leandra got sloppy and doesn't take care of her loose ends that are there. Yeah. the I mean the guy at the stable. Yeah. That would be her loose end. He either has to be very uh, dedicated to her or he needs to be off. Yeah, or, or maybe someone did see them in the crowd that talks, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Obviously, the, this is going to happen, if not in this book, pretty soon in the next one. You, yeah, you just can't ignore it. Yeah. And Nynaeve starts demanding where they're going, and Leandrin's like, right here, and it's the ways. This is where we're going. <laughs> and they're, then they start getting super nervous because, well – Egwene and Nynaeve have been to the ways, but men in Elaine have never have. So they've only heard stories, and they're not happy about this at all. I think this is the first time that I really see men shook up. Mm-hmm. I men was like, uh, we're, we're going where? We're, we're doing what? Um, really? I, no. We can't do that. You yeah. actually shook, and men's not normally shook about anything. So that worries yeah. me. I will say this is probably the first time our Discord community has uh, ruined, um, like my headcanon and, and what I'm picturing and as I'm reading, because I know what Jordan wrote, but uh, after everything we've been discussing for the longest time, what I pictured in this scene instead of Leandrin, I pictured Delusion standing there with Baby Yoda on her shoulder, just saying, "This is the way." And I know I'm like blending together way too many things we've talked about, and there's some Star Wars there and whatnot. But that's you know that's what I'm that's what I'm reading. Not to say that Delusions is you know black black Aja, but I don't know. That's, that's what I saw. Mm. That's how the my scene out in front of the way gates was. This is the way, Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, the, minute, the minute Leandra opened the way gates, the next note I put is Leandra is black. Yeah. Oh yeah, like oh yeah. <laughs> she keeps on threatening the black Aja, like left and right. That's like her go-to. Black Aja, and black Aja. She says it confidently, and she can't lie. So how can she say it confidently without lying? Unless she knew, unless she was. Mm-hmm. Mm. And by the way, in, in chat, Delusions just said, this is the ways. 
<laughs> this is the way. <laughs> added the S. This is the way. That popped in my head. This is the way. So they enter into the darkness and they follow a white line, a white trail. Before before we get there, Egwene goes in first by herself, like way before everybody else, with no lights. So if you just imagine it, like pitch black, and she's waited there for like a good minute, like it just freezes. But then then not Eve comes through with, with the lanterns. But yeah, that'd be super freaky. Well, yeah, she even said like she knew right away that she made a mistake because time was difficult, and she wasn't quite sure. I guess she instantly freaked herself out. So. I agree. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. says like, the, the darkness was bearing down on them, almost against them. None were hurt, yeah. but they could feel the taint on Sidon, and there was a dimming of light as if the light was trying to retreat inside of itself. Yeah. Yep. And they go and, to the first guiding. So oh. We've. Uh, I was just going to say we've mentioned it before, but it's worth mentioning again. Um. Alan, I know you've experienced it, but if you've ever been in open ocean, nowhere near land, no, never. Overca- overcast night, no, <laughs> no moonlight, no starlight, no nothing, uh, and there's no light pollution from anywhere because you're hundreds of miles offshore, that is the most soul-sucking darkness. If, it, it, and if you're on a boat and you turn off all the lights, you can't see your hand in front of your face. It's the weirdest mm-hmm. feeling and that doesn't even have like, you know, the the taint floating around that there is in the ways to to add to that. But even that experience is like a, it's a darkness you feel. It it just it's ominous, you know. So that that's I definitely thought of that while reading that's this. Oh yeah, like quite yeah, literally so, a physical, a mental fear of mine is like that fear of the unknown. It always comes back to the vastness of the ocean, and yeah, yeah, that freaks. Like if I'm in the water and I just look out, it all of a sudden takes me over and completely freaks me out, and I like par- I'm paralyzed in the water. I was yeah. I was sailing off in the Java Sea off of Sumatra, and we had a storm that came through, and there's thirty foot. 30-foot waves, and you couldn't see them coming because it was pitch black. And the only time so – it was the middle of a storm. And the only time you'd see them is if lightning struck. And then you just like – you, know, you get like a flash of these giant waves all around you. They goes pitch black again. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I know you didn't mean for that to be funny, but I died laughing because in that moment, I, I pictured a flash of light. Alan looks to the right. 30 foot wave about to crash on him and you have a split second to go oh fuck (laughs) pretty much Uh, um yeah so yeah the the waist doesn't have giant 30 foot waves but yes i do i have been in that situation where you can't see anything deep darkness it's yeah 30 foot waves of despair yeah exactly (laughs) So yeah, so they get to the the first guiding. Uh, Leandra pulls out a little piece of paper that apparently, so she knows where she's going. And you get more description again of the ways. I mean, this is pretty much the same we got in Eye of the World, where you had like the different islands and the and the, the ramps and the the bridges and and it basically recaps what the ways look like. This makes me suspicious. 
as well because she had a piece of paper. I know that it seemed like mm-hmm. a big deal, but Moraine knew nothing about the ways. She would yeah. not have been able to give a piece of paper, and she wasn't going to get an O'Gear to go in there and map out one place mm-hmm. to the next. So I was like, this is just further solidifying my thought that Leandra is the Dark One. Yeah, yeah and, and they seem to move through it very efficiently. Mm-hmm. Like, she was full charge, and they've been talking about their pace. Like, she's just going 100%. So she yeah. wasn't guessing which way she was going. Like, she, the, the notes she had were pretty solid. Uh, and yeah. we talked about earlier about how the Trollocs and whatnot were going through the phase, and they were just throwing numbers at it. So, like, they didn't care if they lost any or whatever. So they're, from what we know right now of all the people that exist in this world, um, you know, the Trollocs, the Dark Friends, whatever that community, they probably have the best notes on how to travel this way. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I love this next little scene because then men starts asking, like, how long before we get there? And it reminds me of, like, kids in the backseat. Like, are we there yet? And the parents is like, well, get there when I tell you we're there. Like, <laughs> don't, yeah. let, don't let me turn this car around right now. Right now. <laughs> and the, the more you keep asking, the longer it'll take. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure those – the oh, what she say? The more you bother me, the longer it will be. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Like the annoyed parents in the front of the kids. Like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> That's perfect. Um, yeah. And, and then suddenly, like, she just, like, stops and is like, okay, time for food and rest. It's nighttime. Uh, so apparently she has an idea of, of, you know, Lynn did that when they went to delays. But I guess it's, it comes with time, I guess, and experience. I don't know. Yeah. So your body tells you it's time to go to bed. Then you go to sleep. Yeah, I'm tired. Time to stop. So yeah. Um so and then they ask more about the black wind, and this is where Leandrin says, um, scolds them about it, saying, Don't use the one power. And you know, doesn't seem to be concerned with the black wind at all. Like black wind at all. She says, like, I'll handle it if that happens, but doesn't seem concerned at all about it. Which confuses yeah, me. Totally. What's the big deal about using the, the one power in the uh the way gate? Well, even well, we Gwen still- was talking about how it, how it would feel. At least the way she described it, it would it would be similar to a guy or a male Sedai trying to use the power and having to reach through the taint or the black smoke or the whatever. You would just be dirty by trying to touch it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that's not a good answer to why, but it's it's just more description that it's well. Do you remember when Moraine used the power in the in the ways, the first book? Well, I know the the wind came after her. But did she yeah, shot? But then she shot. She shot fire at it. But rather than the fire coming through clear, it came through like all goopy and like the f- power got super corrupted instantly. Like yeah, it it, it didn't react right. Everything was wrong gotcha. about it. Um, so makes perfect sense. Yeah, anyway. I hope it's sarcastic because I, I don't know what's happening either. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, it, it's it's the power gets super corrupted, and if you use the power in the ways it attracts it attracts Machin Chen. So, um, they, they don't want to use the power at all. Um, yeah, and then Min asks 
about the Black Wind. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? For Ian to finish making his drink. That's his margarita. Okay. Thank you. Oh, uh, that's what I it was. <laughs> I stuck my microphone right in the cup. I was wondering if you could hear it. <laughs> yes, very much. So. <laughs> bloop, bloop, bloop. Anyways, all right. So then, Matt, Min asks about the Black Wind, and they tell her about it, and she's not happy at all about coming at this point. <laughs> That's never what she said. Yeah, yeah, she never said that. Then what? What did she say? What she said? No, I'm gonna repeat. Now. Then I'm the. <laughs> She was happy. She was happy about coming. Okay. Anyway, yeah. And then men asked Egwene, uh, um, "What if, uh, you know, what if you don't marry Rand? Rand doesn't want to marry her." Egwene uh, says that, that she doesn't want to marry him at this point. That she doesn't think he'll marry anybody. Blah blah blah. And then she goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. And has nightmares about our other friends. Uh, good old Balsamon. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure. Like, why? Why is he popping up in her dreams now? So so often. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't for a while. Mm-hmm. But now he is again. Yeah. So. Is he popping up back in her dreams because she's in the ways, or is he popping up back in her dreams because if you look at the timeline, Rand has completed his time travel and now he's back existing in her world again? Mm-hmm. And then is it Beelzeman or is it Rand that she's dreaming about? Good question. Mm. I, I'm just making stuff up. I have, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But but I feel okay. So I'm only worried. I only worried about having more questions than answers. If we're on book thirteen, and I'm still like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But like right now, book two, I still feel like I, Chris, we should be fine with not quite knowing, yeah, right? I yeah, we should be okay right now with not knowing. So yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So you know, she's happy when Leandra kicks her in the in the side to wake her up. <laughs> Because she's had nightmares and she's happy about it. Um, and the next day, they just push her really hard. Uh, they take quick naps, but it's back to traveling. Like even even the next night, it's a quick like nap. It's not even a real sleep. It's just here's a nap. Let's keep going. Um, and they're just pushing really hard to get out of the out of the ways. And they finally get to this last. And then suddenly, they're heading towards the way gate. And that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> Push it real good. So if you were going to have a montage during this whole ways traveling, that would be the song. Push it real good. That would go right along with the balls and the white line of stuff that they were following. The white trail. I didn't even think of that. Oh, man. I said it earlier and nobody picked up on it. So I was like, okay. I should have let that go. Yeah. that's Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Boy. So she opens the gate, and that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. So thoughts. 
So as a whole, this chapter didn't give us a whole lot. The girls chatted amongst themselves some more about Rand, and I tuned that out. Re, re, let me know when I need to start paying attention to that, because as of right now, I'm just like, yeah, it's so annoying to listen to them talk about how they're going to divvy up Rand. I mean, how sexist of them, just mm, like Rand doesn't get a decision. Uh, but anyways, uh, I guess the big thing that I focused on here, well, the big questions I got had to do with their ability to travel the ways right now so easily, um, uninterrupted by Mashashin. Like, what is... And there, there's no real answers. Like, even if we say Landrin, she is Black Aja, and she is working for whoever, and I, I don't know. That still doesn't explain a a evil force that we kind of labeled as a chaotic evil that for the longest time just randomly roamed um, the ways. Now we're at a point where the Black Wind is specifically chasing certain people or trying to block certain people and she felt fully confident being able to walk through there well that means something or someone is controlling it uh, i don't know again more questions but that was the big thing is what's unique about leandra and what's unique about who if she is the black aja which we think she is you know who she works for who she works with how, how are they able to control it or predict how it's going to be controlled in such a way that they could travel like this. So that's the big question that I got coming out of this. Okay. You know, that also, like, it, if you look at our theory about Mashin Shin being controlled by Pat and Fane, it doesn't really add up. I know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm worried Pat about. Pat and Fane isn't really at the beck and call of Biazamon at this point. Like, yeah, it hasn't been implied or even stated. Yep. Somewhat implied, but not stated at all. So. so does that give more... We also talked about the Black Wind being attracted either to the dagger or being attracted to Rand. And I'm wondering... I, I lean more towards it being attracted to Rand. Like, I, I, what, it, what if... By the end of this book or next book, we find out that Rand realizes, wait a minute, I can actually control it. And and that it's him that it's not after to devour, but you know, it's 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 drawn to him and he has the ability to manipulate it. I'm out, I don't know. All the questions, none mm -hmm. of the answers. Yeah. yeah. The the wind did call out Rand's name. Remember that? Yeah, I, I know. That's oh. Thor. Yep. Okay, so but I so it, it speaks to where my mind was on this chapter, which wasn't very much what this chapter was about. It just it just got me going down these tangents. Um, mm -hmm. I I started thinking again about when we met our Ogier friend that was totally mindless and they talked about like he was just completely void of his entire essence he's just body that's it there's no soul nothing so what the black wind took from him was his soul his being and that is now part of the black wind mm -hmm. um, so the black wind masha sheen it it could be 
made up of a bunch of, you know, former male Aes Sedai that went crazy and it could be, you know, a bunch of their souls, but it's also any other soul or spirit or being that they've captured along the way. So within mm-hmm. there, you also have goodness or the potential for it, you know? Yeah. Or maybe you don't, I don't know. Why would I say, you know, I don't know. Five I'm just seven, seven seven books so five out. Let's move on to the next chapter because I can summarize that in two to three words. The whole next chapter? Wow. The whole next chapter. Okay. On a leash. Uh, uh, (laughs) Do you you want the two word version first or the three word version? Let's introduce it first. Let's introduce it first and then you can get here. Yeah. So let's let's stop the session. We'll start a new session. I don't think we need 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 a break, but. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, I can roll. All right. Sounds good. Let's start a new session and we'll get right. All right. Moving on to chapter 40. Domine, our Domine, our whatever you pronounced it. Damane. Damane. I think the way they pronounce the audiobooks is Damane. I might be wrong, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Icon is a new icon. We've never seen this one before, but we, we learned what this is pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but it's. That's our that's our collar, mm-hmm. our connection. Yep. yep. So, Ian, you had some words about this chapter. Oh yeah. So, if people want the cliff notes, uh, it applies in multiple ways. But I have a two-word summary and a three-word summary. So, which would y'all like to hear first? Three first, then two. Mm. Three first, then two. Can we go two then three? I, I should have just offered two. Sure. Two, three, okay. Let, let's build because it builds on each other. So the two word summary is that bitch. Hey, it could be applied in a couple of places. Um, eventually, it could be applied to the one who even holds uh, Egwene's collar. Um, right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it applies there. And then, are y'all ready for the three-word version? Yeah. Okay. That fucking bitch. <laughs> and, and that's mostly for Leandrin, but still can apply to some others in this chapter. So that's all I got, folks. Y'all have a good night. Until next time. All right. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the night, guys. Over time. Uh... <laughs> that's it. Wrapped it up. <laughs> pretty smoothly yeah yeah no we have a lot to talk about this (laughs) can i say this though uh i actually thought about whether or not to say that i i try to share with you all in certain important parts what my actual reaction was because i'll read then reread and listen and sometimes by the third time i listen i have a different reaction but i try to give you all my raw like in the moment that's what i thought uh but that's exactly what I thought as I'm reading that. I'm like, that bitch, that fucking bitch. Are you kidding me? And I know that sounds harsh. I don't use it often, usually rarely, but there is a time and a place. And if I'm wrong here, someone let me know. But I feel like Leandrin, um, she she deserved it that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she deserved it too. When you like it, when you give it to us raw. <laughs> okay. There, there we yeah. go. All right. Yeah, so we'll get started. So um starts the chapter with Egwene walking out of the way gate. And she's like out of the way gate for like almost a whole minute. And she becomes aware that she's not alone. That there's like 50 armed men 
like all around her. Um, there's a couple of women with gray dresses on and, um, and then there's some other women that have a fork lightning on their, uh, I guess not dress, but outfit, uh, notices that there's collars and leashes and, and one woman's on a platform being carried by eight men. Um, yeah, all I could think about was 300, the Persian king. Yeah. Like, I know, like, that flashed in my mind. I'm like, why is this image in my mind? Yeah. So we, we start we start there as Leandrin comes out and greets the High Lady Seroth. Um, so, well, initial yeah. thoughts. <laughs> like, like, you get out, you see all these people, like, all around, and did you know right away something was going to happen, or... I had a split second where it was like we have warrior women and men in armor. This is weird. And I was like, well, I guess this is how the girls felt as they exited. And Leandra sure did close up that gate as quick as she could. This is kind of hostile. Like, what 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 are we doing here? Like, my mind kind of went to where I guess all the girls' minds went, which was, oh shit, we're screwed. Yeah, like that realization set in real quick. And you have uh, the high lady Sarah, and she's just like, "Where are the two that you told me about?" I was like, "Wait a second, what? Where's Moraine? Where's Land? Like, where's our real greeting party?" So yeah, cool. yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, this little. But go ahead. This is an example as it unfolds where. Uh, Egwene's, I don't know if it's trusting of Leandrin, but like her her narrow focus on trying to help and save Ran is going to get her in trouble because it affects her first instinct. Like she's trying to trust Leandrin and give her the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt and even ask Leandrin, what is this? Uh, mm-hmm. Versus Nynaeve, who even though she's going along with it, she's like red, red Aja sus. Totally mm-hmm. sus. <laughs> and she's 100% prepared to react and defend. And that split second first reaction mentality is really what makes the difference in what unfolds here. I mean, we uh, know, I need is more powerful, but I still think Egwene, if she were prepared, could have responded better in defending herself here, you know? But yeah. I agree. Yeah, and, and this first interaction when they greet and she greets Saroth, Saroth says something about like, "I thought you're gonna bring two girls." Like, "Well, I brought you three. And Nynaeve immediately panics. Um, she starts panicking, and then everything happens really fast because from Egwene's point of view, and she doesn't really know what's happening. She's confused. Everything just kind of happens in a flash, and suddenly someone grabs her and puts a collar around her neck. Um, Egwene immediately turns around and hits the woman. Um, and it staggered back because she felt like someone just like slammed into her face. It felt like a man slammed into her face, which is interesting. Right. It, it does show that she's got some some country girl strength for sure. Now we we later learned that that hit was amplified, but at least she had that reaction to fight back. Like we give her a bunch of crap for being the innocent one, but she she handled herself just not as well as we had. It just didn't have the outcome we intended it to have. Yeah. I don't know. Letting somebody who could potentially do harm to you that you don't know or trust stand behind you in a position where they could grab you, 
Uh, that was her first fault. That's, yeah, you, you don't let yourself get surrounded. You don't let somebody creep up behind you. No, you never get flanked. That's, that's a rule everywhere. Yeah. It's a rule that's yeah. dangerous. I don't let myself get flanked at McDonald's or or anywhere. <laughs> I, I don't enjoy people behind me at all. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, someone in chat just brought up that uh remember the time when Ian was really happy that he might be Sean Chan? <laughs> uh Alan, don't don't bring that up if they call you about my clearance, okay? If, okay. If they start reading to that, I don't I don't think I'll pass the psych profile. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So yeah, um, and, and and during all this scene, all the confusion, the wind picks up. It's going crazy. And Nynaeve, uh, when the wind dies down, Nynaeve and Elaine are gone. Um, the big guy that was right there has men's dagger, like, hanging in him. Um, obviously, was stabbed by him. Um, and, yeah. And the, and the woman on the other side of the collar starts giving Egwene her first lesson. Well, yeah. So just to kind of back up, and it's just like a silver quill. I'd love to see if there's any writing on it, any symbols, you know, anything that would allude to the magic that was used to essentially leash Egwene, because that's what happened. She was put on a leash. And mm-hmm. she, the, the lady that leashed her, I can't, uh, Rena, she first told Egwene, you know, be careful what you do, be careful how angry you get. Because any pain that you inflict on me, you'll get back doubled. Mm-hmm. And if you try to channel towards me, you'll feel the pain for that. As a matter of fact, if you try to channel without my permission, you're going to feel the pain. And then mm-hmm. she's like, and you know what? What's your name? Because I'm going to allow you to keep your name. Because I like you enough to give you your name. But just know that that's me being kind. Right. So. And, and, and Egwene then refuses and immediately starts burning, like like being tortured. Yeah, it, it definitely shows that obedience is key here. Um, well, obedience, mm-hmm. what's it called? I can't think of the word. The acronym now. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it, you know, they, she's been enslaved. If you want to look at it any other way, that's, that's oh, yeah. what it is. She definitely is enslaved, and she has to listen to what she's told. So, I think the the one side of that is is that she's definitely going to be taught how to use her powers. Yeah, you know, I guess almost like a warlike effort, um, because she is with warrior people, so she'll get that yeah. lesson out of it. But. She's also going to be taught to be very obedient. So I'm wondering how this is going to play a role from this book forward. What the PTSD mm-hmm. is going to look like. Um, how she'll evolve. How she'll look the power. Whether or not she'll lose her sense of uh, innocence. I'm, I'm worried for her now. Yeah. Yeah. I... I hope that um, they actually spend a little time, more time than Jordan did writing this, but I hope they spend more time in the series showing this because I think people, if uh, 
if Egwene is very quick with just a couple threats to her of pain and a couple threats to men, if if Egwene's quick to acquiesce, then people would think, oh, Egwene's weak, she broke, what a coward, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, um, it, and you can you could read up on this you don't have to actually go through like seer school but even even what we train our special forces and pilots and people that are at risk for being caught behind enemy lines and all that jazz what we train them is to break that type a mentality that you have to never break uh because the truth is with enough pressure with the right amount of pressure and the right amount of time everybody breaks It, it doesn't matter how strong you are uh, if if the person trying to break you is even halfway decently trained, they will make you break. Uh, but the key the key is being able to recognize that and control it in such a way that you're inflicting as little damage to yourself so you can survive. Because surviving and getting home is key and number one. Uh, and and you you resist in such a way to try and prevent harm to others you know don't make your situation worse sort of thing but part of that is you're going to have to give in you're going to have to relinquish control to some extent so if they go too quickly through this i feel like people are going to look at it and go ah gwayne what a little coward she just man so so naive and just gives in and blah 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 but uh, it, there's an opportunity there to show it in such a way where, where people understand, I, I don't care who you are. You, you can be the most badass of badasses uh, in the hands of the right person with the right power. You're going to break. She, it's going to happen. She's going to learn how to be a true honest because she's going to have to learn how to craft her words and her actions in a way that suits her desire while not invoking this pain on herself. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I I, there's opportunity here in the long run for her, for sure. Yeah. So hopefully they don't break her too, break her down too hard in the series. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so like I said, ask her name. She refuses at first. She turns into ask Leandrin why, um, but this is ignored. And as she's being punished, finally she says her name, and the brain stops immediately. Um, and she pats Egwene on the head like a dog, like good mm. girl. Like, yeah. Um, so then we change change over to Seroth, who is pissed that the others got away. Um, and and Seroth actually suggests just leashing Leandrin. <laughs> and they, and that's when they start going into you know their master wouldn't be happy. This is their master's plan. Um. Before we go on to that, I want to know how Rena and the others can sense the use of the power. How who? Rena and the others. Well, well so so I see Dai can can sense other channelers channeling. Yeah, but we don't know that Rena's an I Sedai. We know that she holds she Well she's she's leashed to so part of the power of the IDOM. Uh, that, that the device that she's holding on her wrist that connects to Egwene's is she feels everything that her demone feels. But so she there was another yeah. another um, what do we call uh, these so, people that felt that told them yeah told them told them yeah. well and 
she she responds to that a little bit and says that you know uh you know someone that's been doing this for a while can sense and see and peck up on tails and and be pretty sure whether or not they saw someone actually try to channel or not mm-hmm. but it's unmistakable you know if you're the one holding the leash you know whether or not they do so it's more intuition so, than it is deeper connection right so somebody without the connection not holding the leash they can pick up on telltales maybe with experience but the person holding the leash will know whether or not you actually try to channel okay. and they'll it, know and they'll know if anybody else try to channel too because they'll feel that through the person okay is that oh, well, yeah, true yeah yeah i guess you can through them that's a possibility. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, we get to this next thing about the whole master thing, and they start exchanging threats with each other about, you know. Well, you know, I, I, I want to know who the master is. Which master are we talking about? Hmm. I, had that, I had a question mark for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's just the emperor or empress. Is it empress right now, currently? Emper- empress, yeah. Empress, yeah. Makes you live forever. Yeah. <laughs> are we talking Thousand Are we talking Pat and Fane? Are we talking, you know, what's his name is coming back from the dead after billions of years? <laughs> we had our rumor about yeah. oh, his name just left. My, ha- author. Author Hawkwood. Author Hawkwood. Yeah. Now we got rumors about him being back already floating around, like or maybe yeah. it's Rand. Maybe Rand wanted them captured. I mean, we have had all of these months go by. Maybe Rand's flipped the switch finally. Like <laughs> maybe he wanted the the girls brought to him, but in a different way for a different reason. Huh. Sure. Mm. But the, did he want them to be beat the entire way there? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you, you got two bullheaded, stubborn people that wanted to tell him how to, his life was going to be run. Why not go ahead and capture them and make them bend to his will? And the, and the, no. and the truth is, the real truth is, you uh, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometime, you, you might, just find. might find you get what you need. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Let's see how many podcasts in a row we can bring that one up because that's two in a row right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, it was. I think push it was two. It was, was that, no, that was two episodes ago. We skipped one. It, it was yeah, yeah. but you, you can anyway. probably find a way to work that in there. Yeah, we probably, probably could. Um, so, so yeah, so they exchange threats. Um, uh, Landrin says they must that she must go find Nynaeve because uh, they're they're told they have to take Egwene and Eve across the ocean um, by their master. Um, and Sarath's like, I don't care. Uh, we've been here too long. I'm calling off the hunt for Nynaeve. We're leaving. Um, to listen, yeah, like completely against what Leandra just said. And then Leandra kind of leaves to the way gate before anything else can happen. Because I think she's Whoever their master is has so much fear of these two women. Yeah. Like, Whoever yep. their master is knows that they have a greater purpose, and he's trying, he or she, because we don't know, is trying to get rid of them. So, yeah. Find that intriguing. Yeah. Who do you think their master is? Uh, 
the master they recognize or their actual master? The Everybody's actual, actual max master is the creator. Uh, yeah. But some, but sometimes they get caught up in their own little storyline and they think it's somebody less than that or something less than that. It's the dark one. The dark one. Yeah. It's it's Pater. Pater. Yep, Pater. Pater. They also, sh- they also wanted their T-shirt. They saw the T-shirt and they were like, "Hell yeah, let me get yeah. some." And they they signed up. Yeah, P- Pater came and talked to them, and they were just like, "Yep, that's it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm game." I heard there's a T-shirt involved. They punched him in the nose and took his T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. It, I think you guys are 100 percent on to something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honest answer is I, I just I don't I don't know because it, it doesn't make sense that it would be well I guess enough time has gone by Pat and ooh you know this Pat and Fane have they have think, they think about, no but think about the amount of time that's gone by I'd have to look at a, a calendar and really line it up but at this uh, he's, point he's been on Tumblehead for a while for a while. So he's had the opportunity even to be working close to uh, the Empress, or I think that's where he was trying to go to be in a position of influence. Mm-hmm. And he, he could be with. He met with Tarak. Um, and they mentioned Tarak in this chapter where, in the very beginning, Tarak says that she has to be fast because she doesn't want Tarak to get suspicious. Yeah. Right. Doesn't want Tarak to get suspicious. But remember, Tarak was talking to Pat and Fane about him possibly getting an audience with the Empress. And Pat and Fane was thinking to himself, like, oh, that might, might be a good position to be in, you know, to to influence whatever it is he was trying to do. So are we at that point now where Pat and Fane is now working behind other people's backs, behind Rock's back? That's why we're trying mm-hmm. to get for him not finding out. And maybe Pat and Fane is pulling the strings here. Our travel is so confusing. We need Tam to help us out. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, those of y'all that are disappointed that I didn't go further on my time traveling Tam thing, I'm, I'm going to discuss with Alan. I feel like by the end of this book, we're going to put together a bonus episode talking about that because I, there are more things that have happened that I, I think this is a strong possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Totally possible. Yeah. yeah. So where were we? I have no clue where we were. Um... We were just finishing up where Leandrin left for the Waygate, and they called off the hunt for Nynaeve. So Nynaeve and Elaine got away. And then the man that men stabbed says, can I kill her now? Can I kill her? Can I kill her? I want to kill her now. Um, and actually pulls the sword out. It's about to do it. But then Egwene cries out. They immediately, she immediately gets punished for it. And then um, Sarath holds, stops the whole thing and Figures that she could use men to help Egwene um, influence Egwene. Ser- be subservient yes. better. Yeah. That's where Egwene gets her first true lesson in how to be an Aes Sedai. Or Demonic. I say Aes Sedai, not Demonic. Just the simple fact that she's got to okay. learn how to weave her lies now. Like she learned right away, all right, I need yeah. to manipulate the situation. I need to keep my head down. I need to do this. And like she was going through this mental process of I need to appear subservient just to save men. There it's a means yep, to an end. First half truth. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And then they leave and head westward, I guess, towards uh, towards Falme. Yep. Um, at this point, Egwene um, gets beat with the power for talking out of turn. Hmm. Um, like with switches that they're invisible. Um, and she learns, uh, you know, that, that Demonte are treated poorly and beaten often. Um, Depending on who the holder and, of the of the leashes yeah some are better than others sometimes they give them their different names sometimes they don't give them a name at all um you learn a lot about this whole entire uh, situation or, or the this, this slavery system they have um and then Egwene actually asks if she can ask a question uh Rena says sure he says well who is the master they were talking about and immediately she's like you know that's at the blood's business we you know that's none of your business pretty much mm. Um, I would have liked to. What was that? Go ahead. Oh, I said I would have liked an answer to that question. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think we all would have. <laughs> yeah. That was a tease. Jordan was like, let me let them think they're going to get something. Here you go. And then we get to 98, yeah. who is thinking like a boss. Yeah. But before that, they actually, actually did learn a couple more things. Like, Damani's punishments. Um, sometimes they lose their tongue or their hands um, because they don't need them to channel. So if they're bad enough, they'll just do that. And one of the other Soldom's like, you should take her tongue out right now. She's talking too much already. <laughs> um, and we learned the whole history about that it was an Aes Sedai that first created the first Ad- Adam. Um, and then it was eventually Leash Yourself, and you learn the terminology. So Maroth Damane is what they call anyone who is not leashed. Like in Aes Sedai, they call them Maroth Damane, and that means, in the old tongue, those that must be leashed, and Damane means leashed ones. Gotcha. I was wondering about that. I was going to ask that question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they call any any woman channeler that has not been leashed yet is Maroth Damane, which means those that, sh- that need to be leashed or uh, those that must be leashed. And Damane are the leashed ones. Um, yeah. All Sudam are also women. That's nothing you learn too, that men can't use the 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 the, the Adam. Yeah, some are um, neutral to it, no effect, but some it'll kill them. Yeah, some will kill them. Yeah. And sometimes that the they're super high up, like the Empress will actually do it for fun. They'll actually put it on a man's wrist just to see if like a Russian roulette type thing. <laughs> People kill him, but yeah. Um, yeah, and then tries to like Arena tries to test Egwene um, to see if she could use the power to see if she could blow up the tree. And Egwene says she can't, and they know right away she'd even try, so she gets beaten for that. And then Min tries to defend her, and she gets beaten as well. And mm. then we then we switched to Nadine. So we had all that other stuff. So anything from that? <laughs> I think like, we've lots of, lots of yeah, beating. Like it, it kind of it's upsetting to hear about all the beating. Like right away, it's hard to hear about the 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 bad side of what was going on here, the the negative side. And like I said, you got Egwene who's learning a lot of lessons really quick. So I. Your mouth mm-hmm. shut. This is why you need to follow directions. 
and then they're using men as leverage. So how horrible would she have to feel? And then what is her treatment going to be like once they get to where they're going with her not being susceptible to the collar? Like, what are they going to do with her? They're going to chain her up. They're going to put her on a leash, or actual like rope leash. Like, so many questions about what they're going to do with her, poor person. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as naive, I just again like how boss she becomes. Like she automatically like has her instinct about her, about being in the woods and hiding and listening and you know, essentially tracking the guys. Yep. Yeah. So so then we switch to Nani's point of view and she's like you said, she's hiding. Um she's 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 fitting herself off pretty well actually and then you know everyone stopped attacking and then she hears you know the the, the bushes rustle and it's Elaine. And Nynaeve's not mad enough to channel. That's another thing you learn as well, is that she needs to be mad to channel, otherwise she can't. Yeah, do really it's just kind of concerning. Like how why hasn't she after all this time learned how to channel without the anger? Yeah. So they talked about it a little bit um, because she – so oftentimes when someone um, starts channeling on their own without being trained, they create they create a block. And, they, and Moraine talked about this with Nynaeve a little yeah, bit in the first book. Yeah. Um, and, and that's her block is that she has basically created a, a psychological barrier in her mind to keep her from channeling. Um. And and only only when they call them wilders, when wilders do that, they survive. If if you're not properly trained, you'll kill yourself if you start channeling unless you create a block. So this is this is Nani's block. I don't know. I think that's an arrogant explanation in Nani's case. She just she is an independent person. She's smart on her own without the power. She has abilities even without the power and a confidence and intelligence, like I said. So uh, she doesn't necessarily need it to move along in day-to-day life. And Mm -hmm. we've had this reoccurring theme of where certain things uh, react better to the power and we're receptive to it when the need is great, you know, making it to, the eye of the world. Uh, even Landrin talks about right before she goes through the ways about, you know, the need being great or we have a need and this, that, and the other. And so Nynaeve is independent of the power, able to handle most shit on her own, right? Uh, it's only when she's truly threatened and when you're threatened, that defense mechanism and anger is what, what triggers her using the power. So, I don't know that it's necessarily a block. I know that was described to us before, but in, in Nynaeve's case, it, I don't know, it, it might be a more proper way for her to channel. Yeah. You know, it, it, it'll allow her to, outside of a really strong need, be able to use more common sense approaches to things and mm-hmm. only, only utilize the power when like shit's hitting the fan, you know, and in, in, in self-defense and in, in defense of somebody she loves or, you know, Sure. So yeah, um, but then you get this next scene where Elaine talks about how much money she has and thinks it's not enough. And obviously, she's from wealth because Nadine's like, "Yeah, that will last us forever." 
Um, <laughs> like we have plenty of money then um, if you have that much money. Um, and just the difference between Elaine growing up, of course, in a castle and uh, basically a princess versus Nynaeve being from a little small rundown village. Like the constant money is just completely different. Um, but yeah, those are like, yeah, we'll be fine with how much money we have. Uh, let's, and they head out towards towards Fame. But on their way, they also talk about, they start wondering about Leandrin. And, you know, I said, I cannot lie. But they said Ran was in trouble. But, you know, is Rand really in trouble? Or, like, was it a lie? Or It's all the perceptions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't know what new trouble Rand could be in. I mean, he did go through um, a little bit of time traveling himself, but we don't know how far forward he is. We don't know what he's been into since he got out. Like, we're, we're really waiting at this point. So, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the the shadow is after him. Um she didn't she didn't lie about that. Uh she just didn't really present the facts of what their role would be uh pretty accurately. She said that he was in trouble and then offered, Hey, do you all want to help? But didn't really define what help was, you know, and mm-hmm. it's 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 that eye said I talk, you know. There's holes in it, it's shady. Yeah, really lie. It's kind of pissing me off the more and more I, I listen to them, but yeah, well. Yeah. Did, so did you did you do you think Landry actually did lie? Oh, uh, as of right now, I have no reason to believe that. Okay. No. But I, I I don't think she told the truth either. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard for me. I, I know it's written from a different perspective, but uh, the way I was raised, there's lies of commission and lies of omission. And right. casual lies of omission that are accidental, no big deal, right? But mm-hmm. lies of omission, you have to measure intent as well. If certain things are left out intentionally to change the listener's perspective or or how they might receive the information they're getting, well, that's just as bad as a lie of commission. So she didn't tell a lie, then. Because you, you're... But you're still deceiving. Being deceptive, yes. But in her mind, Rand is indeed in trouble because her lord is after sure. Rand. So for her, that's 100% mm-hmm. the truth. Mm-hmm. And she may not know that she could mm-hmm. potentially be telling a lie because in her mind... There's no one greater than her master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as someone pointed out in chat too, the actual wording of the oath is to speak no word that is not true. So you can omit all you want because you're oh, not yeah. speaking. So the way that the way the actual oath is written, you cannot speak a, to speak no word that is not true. So if you say right. something that's not true, you then then that's yeah. breaking the oath. Right, but but dancing around it and leaving important things out here and there, that's not going to cause a problem. And and so that goes back to my issue more with the oath. It's and we talked about this before. Is it enough? Is it too much? Whatever. Well, pretty fucking poorly written. Like, come on, you could have should have got your philosophers to come up with the oath, right? So they can yeah. find all the the ways around it and and try and ward that off. But oh, here we are. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, uh, and Hold then on, we stop. end with Alan. Stop. 
What are you drinking? Uh, IPAs. All right. Well, you just yawn. So finish what you got in front of you, and then we'll move on. Mm. <laughs> uh, no. I. I. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Dang. <laughs> Anyways, so um. Yeah, then then Nynaeve cuts off Egwene saying that we don't have time to worry about Rand right now. We have to get – or cuts off Elaine saying we have no time to worry about Rand. We have to get Egwene. And they ride off towards Fame, and that's in the chapter. Can't wait to get to Fame. Actually, I, think that I can't wait to yeah. figure out what's going on with Rand and the crew because they had some time traveling too. So where are they at in this, time, this new timeline? Sure. <laughs> Well, it was, it was four months for them, but they that happened like right the same time that they're getting to the White Tower. So it's been 130 days for them. So it's pretty close. Pretty it's, close. It's, it's pretty close. They're, they're they around were, the same time. Yeah, with the girls, they were talking about the changing in the fall and the changing of leaves and stuff. Fall for the and, guys. They arrived in the fall. Right. So we're mm-hmm. so we're pretty close, and I also kind of chalk up uh, Egwene not having these bad dreams, not sensing anything bad about Rand for so long, and then it suddenly came back. So I I kind of pair up when the dreams and the worry about Rand came back with when he came back to hmm. the actual world they're in. I, so that that's kind of a cheat. It may not be accurate, like but that's the cheat I have in my mind. I link those they're in different worlds. They can't sense each other the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any final thoughts on all these chapters? <laughs> nope, only questions. Only questions. Lots and lots of questions. Plenty. Of How questions. about you? You anything besides Leandrin? Leandrin being a bitch. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, <laughs> I also so there's there's this thing in the back of my head that's building. Like, even though, like, all of our party is in a shitty situation right now, everybody that, you know, we mostly think are good guys that we're rooting for, they're in a shitty situation, right? Mm-hmm. But when these folks captured Egwene, out of all of them, and we know that Rand is getting to the point of really starting to embrace who he is, all I could help, I just couldn't help but think with, they, they done, they done gone and fucked up now. Like as soon as as soon as Rand knows, I, I feel like he's powerful enough at this point. They could be a hundred miles away, and if Rand knows that she's in danger and trouble, like he could he could reach out with the power and fuck some people up. So as soon as these stories start merging, and, and I also know we're towards the end of the book, right? So some crazy awesome stuff's about to happen. <laughs> um, I just I can't wait for the moment that Rand finds out. Um. And and what he unleashes on them. This this is not going to be good for the bad guys. Yeah, not, we're in a tough spot right now, but this is not good for the bad guys. I worry for them. So so favorite character from this chapters, the man. We got the girls, all four of them. And then we have Leandrin. <laughs> I would have to give it. Go ahead. Who's My- your favorite? So long as men keeps being men, when we have men chapters, I'm gonna have to go with her. I, I love that she's just 
going to be who she is and she don't care what anybody else thinks. Yeah. And as long as, as long as that attitude sticks around, she's going to continue to be my favorite. I love that. And though she is my favorite as well, I think I'm going to have to give it to Egwene this go around for her quick thinking mm-hmm. under pressure. Mm-hmm. For the first, that's the first time I can say that. She saved men's life. I, yeah. I can appreciate that pick. Yeah. For sure. Yep. So the next chapters we're doing, chapter 41, is disagreements. And the icon is a dagger. No, it's not. It's not? No. What's the what's the icon? I'm, I'm just kidding. Remember disagreements? Oh. I don't have a book in front of me right now. Like I have a note, so I'm like, what did I write it down wrong? <laughs> no. That was um, stupid. And then f- chapter 42 um, is Falme. And it's a Sean Chan helmet. So thoughts. Mm-hmm. Thoughts about these chapters. What do you, you think is going to happen? Well, Dagger's either taking us back to Matt or it's taking us back to uh, not just Fane, but Turok, who now has a dagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe okay. we get both in that chapter. Okay. Um, what was the next one? Falme. Uh, Falme. So hopefully we jump back to, well, I would say the girls, but now we could be at a point where the party kind of comes back together. We know the girls are traveling there. We kn- we know the uh, Rand and, and his party. Well, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, excuse me, Ingtar and his party, because Ingtar's in charge, right? Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Now. yeah, yeah. So who, whoever's in charge. So it's it's all coming together. So maybe we start to join... I don't know if that's too soon, but maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, next week's only two chapters. We're going to be on the two-chapter train until the last episode of The Great Hunt, which will be four chapters, which two of them are really short. But anyway, um, like one one's like a paragraph long. Mm. It's not really a chapter. So it's <laughs> uh, of this four. So anyway, um, so we're going to read. Interesting. Profound. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, how we can be found at the wheel reads on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, mostly on Twitter, um, a little bit on Facebook, hardly ever on Instagram, just because I don't know. I mean, I guess I could do real time pictures, but I mean, I did pictures of my kids and some of that every once in a while on Instagram, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, what else do I put on there? <laughs> uh, take pictures of the books. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess I should I should probably do some more pictures, more Instagram stuff, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll try, guys. I'll try. Um, also, uh, thewheelreads.com is our um, our our website. At the wheel reads, our other wheel reads at gmail.com is our email address. Um, the links for our merchandise are being updated. Um, we had our merchandise person change the website, so the URL got changed. URL got changed, so I'm in the process of updating all that stuff. So if you have trouble finding it, just contact me. I'll get you to the merch website if you want merch. Um, let's see. Discord. Join it. We need one more. Do we have someone join while we're recording? I didn't check. Hopefully. No. Um, we need one more for 300. That'd be awesome. And then uh, Patreon. I, I would be Once we have 300, <laughs> say that. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, uh, Patreon is a great way to support us. 
helps. Um, it helps us <laughs> yeah. doing giveaways, which we do a lot of. Um, I think we we don't have anything going out right now. I think we're 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 good for right now. But uh, we'll do more giveaways in the next few weeks, um, and then upgrade equipment. We definitely need upgrades on equipment, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, that's about it for me. So I'll do a trick or treat giveaway at the end of the month. Alan, you and I will come up with something, Ooh. and we'll do some type of a, a quiz or something, and we'll do a trick or treat. <laughs> oh, right. there you go, trick or treat from Chris. I like it. Sounds good. <laughs> trick, you ain't getting shit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ian. That's it. Until next time. (laughs) All right. We're done. So uh, I'm going to head over to the barrow for a little bit. Um, Probably drink some more beer. And then probably pass out because I'm tired. Good night, everybody. Good night.